0: Welcome to Salem First Assembly podcast. May this week's message by Pastor Brian D. Corkin be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be.
1: Good morning. Welcome to First Salem First Assembly Science Lab. Got my glasses on, ready for a journey. Could I have my instructions book, please? Vanna's going to come and bring me my instruction book. Thank you so much, Vanna. (laughs) Today is a day that the Lord has made. And uh, as you know, that um, where I want to challenge you today, how to keep your cheer in the new year, how to keep your cheer in New York. Let's be honest. You know, we have things that take place in our life that is difficult, isn't it? And, and it's hard. Sometimes our body hurts. Uh, sometimes uh, we get a letter saying, hey, um, you know, you, you owe this. Um, you have things that happen to your family. Uh, there's all type of things that hit us in a new year. We don't know what they're coming, but we know. I want you to get this because we just got done celebrating Christmas. Someone say Christmas. Oh, Christmas. Christmas. You know, I'm going to write a song, and one of my lyrics is, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Have you ever heard that before? It's the most, oh, no, okay. It is the most wonderful time of the year. But why is it the most wonderful time of the year? Because it's all about Jesus. No, I hate to tell you this, it's not about you. It's about Jesus. It's about this great plan that he has brought to you and I. Last night, we got a chance to celebrate New Year's. And with a new year coming in, people make new year's resolutions. Have you anybody made a new year's resolution? Come on, did anybody make a new year's resolution? Uh huh, see one. Anybody else? Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. And how many don't believe in new year's resolutions? Raise up. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh-huh, okay. Well, I, I don't believe that new year's resolutions are wrong. The problem is we don't keep them. Do you, do you know that by 15 days into the new month, people drop out? So let me ask you a question. Is it a problem with a New Year's resolution or is it the problem with the person who made it? Huh? Just a thought. Just a thought. So the reality is a goal is a good thing to change things that need to be changed. So I ran across this and I thought I had to share this with you. What if parents could give New Year resolutions to their kids? Wouldn't it be nice if the kid came up to mom and dad and said, mom and dad, this is my new year resolution. I'm going to, this is what I'm going to try to do for for this year. This is the first one. Parents that wish their kids would make a new year resolution. Mom and dad, I promise I won't give myself any unplanned haircuts with my scissors anymore. Uh, Number two, mom and dad, I promise I'll color on paper and not on the walls. (laughs) Number three, uh, mom and dad, I promise I'll try to eat occasional vegetables without bribery or complaining. Mm, That was me when I was younger. Big complainer about vegetables. Now I love vegetables, but back then, and holy smoke, if my food touched, big, big problem. Number four, mom, dad, I promise I'll sleep in my bed all night long and not bother you. (laughs) Number five, mom and dad, I promise to stop making my parents, I promise mom and dad not to keep telling you to read the same book every night over and over again. And then number six and seven, I promise I'll pick up all my toys and I pray that I'll leave none on the floor so that you do not step on a Lego with your feet. That is probably... Number one in my book, right there. You want to talk about waking up at night? Step on a Lego, and you'll let go of the ego. I'll tell you real quick. Man, you're hopping, and then and then you you might find another piece of furniture while you're hopping. Yeah, yeah. Number seven. Mom and Dad, I promise to brush my teeth and actually use toothpaste without being told. This is a biggie. You see all these New Year's resolutions that take place in a new year, and we celebrate it. Most of you know about the big ball in New York. But did you know? But did you know? Look at your neighbor and say, did you know? <laughs> you can watch the strawberry drop in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. You can watch the pickle drop in North Carolina. You can watch the sausage drop in Alabama. You can watch the watermelon drop in Indiana. You can watch the pine cone drop in Arizona. You can watch the beach ball drop in Florida. You can watch the peach drop in Georgia. And this is the best one. Tim, I think of your dad. Think of you. You could watch the cheese drop in Wisconsin. They drop a thousand pound cheese. And when the cheese hits the bottom, that's it. It's a new year. All of these different celebrations that take place. But we have a new year. And we celebrated Advent in December. We celebrated about the gift of hope and the gift of peace and the gift of joy and the gift of love and the gift of light. And we all said, whoa, look what God has done. He gave you a gift. Someone say he gave you a gift. But let let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. How are you going to apply these gifts to your life in this new year that God's given you? You see, most Christians understand things. We know things we know too much and we apply too little. I'm going to say that again. We know too much and apply very little. And what I have learned is you have to apply what you know in order to get the benefit from what you know. And so I started, my, I started really thinking, God, we're celebrating things and people know these things. Lord, how can they really put them in their lives? How can they make it practical? How can they really understand that it's a gift of love? It's a gift of joy. It's a gift of peace. It's a gift of hope. It's a gift of life that you and I can walk in it. Someone say walk in it. Now, walking in it means that it's, it, you have tough times. That light is still there. Hope is still there. Peace is still there. Joy is still there. Love is still there, even in the midst of no matter what condition you're facing. Someone say Amen. People sometimes lose those things because they run across some tribulous moments, uh, 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 troubled times, um, you know, when the wind blows. And I want you to understand something like this. Look at Psalms, and I love this portion of Scripture, and it's in the New Living Translation. I love how it says it. 39, Psalms, book of Psalms, verse 4. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be, Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. We are merely moving shadows, and all our busy Russian ends in nothing. I love this part. We heap up wealth, not knowing who will spend it? So think about it. We, we're always worried about so many things. But do you know something? The things you're worried about is really not that important. Because I have been with close to billionaires, multi, multi, multi millionaires. I mean, very wealthy people. And I have been with them when they're near death. And do you know? They don't talk about how much they owe. They don't talk about how much what they owe or own, I should say, and what they have in their possessions, they don't even say, boy, I wish I could spend one more time at the office. Oh, I wish I could you know, buy this or buy that or get this or get this. And what, that's not even on the agenda. They're just talking about life and the importance of life and the simplicity of life. Oh, how I could love to be with my family, laugh again. Oh, I wish my family were still around me. I want you to understand something. This is important, is that God, we talked about Emmanuel, God with us. Someone say God with me. you got to understand that. God is with you. But, Pastor, I don't feel God with me sometimes. I know. Absolutely right. Sometimes in life, we do not feel God is with us, but we're going by a feeling, not a fact. Understand? We can't go by feelings. Feelings will always make us feel something that's not true. But the facts of God's word will show us what God really says. And that's when we change from the inside. Look at this portion of scripture that we've talked about in the month of December. In Matthew chapter 1 is a fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 7. And I want you to get this. This is important, is that this book was written 700 years before this fulfillment. But this is the fulfillment here in Matthew chapter 1. As he considered, this is Joseph, considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid, take Mary to be your wife, for your child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son and... You are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this occurred to him to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet Isaiah. That's what they're talking about. Look what it says, verse 23. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, I want you to get this as we approach a new year. I don't want you to forget the gifts that God gave us on his coming. Because as soon as problems come into our life, as soon as situations, I don't know about you, but I have some moments of victorious moments. It's great. And as soon as you have a victorious moment, someone or something or some situation comes right in there right after just to try to suck out the joy. Has that ever happened to Anybody? You have a great thing take place, something's wonderful, and there's just something that just comes in to try to steal the joy. And all of a sudden now, we say God's with us, but we don't feel it. But we don't feel it because we're focused on something that God says not to focus on. So what I like to do, I'm going to give you a couple acronyms. You can write these things down. We're going to be talking about these and taking a journey we talked about hope. What is hope? Hope is holding unto prayer every day or holding unto promises every day. That's what hope is. We'll be talking more about that. Peace, putting everything at Christ's eternal throne. We've talked about this before. I like when you have peace, you put it at God's eternal throne. You just say, God, I don't understand it, but I, here it goes. I trust you. It's peace. Joy, You take this. You put Jesus number one in your life. Jesus, your first love. Jesus is... The first one you think about. You do everything. You come in here at church today. When people come to church on the first day of the year, you're setting, you're setting it right. You're, you're making God first. A lot of people say, oh, I love God. I love God. I hear people tell me all the time how much they love God, but they can't find themselves in the in the place where God wants us to be, in the place of fellowship, in the place of the body of Christ. That's where we strengthen. When God is first, he'll be first in every single of our life. He'll be it. And that's how to have joy. Jesus first, others first second, and guess where you go? You go last. Look at your name and say, you're last. I'm sorry. But if the one next to you says, hey, you don't know you're not last. You're second because I'm going to put you before me. Ah, you just graduated. So Jesus first, others second, yourself last. Love, love this. What is love? Listen, overlook, value, and encourage. If you really want love, you're going to be a person who listens, who overlooks, who values and encourages people. That's how you love. And the last one is light. Light is beautiful. We'll talk about these. Living in God's holy truth. When you have light, you're going to decide to live in God's holy truth. This is important. So let's take a journey. Let's talk about something really good. My little thing's going to hit. There we go. The God, God's gift of hope. Someone says, God's gift of hope is a hope. Hold it unto promises or prayer every day. Sometimes it's the promise and sometimes it's the prayer. But hold it to the things. Psalm 62 says this Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in him all at all times. Pour out your heart unto him, for God is your, what does it say? Refuge. God is your refuge. You have to realize, David, this is a prayer of David, that David was praying, and this is where Saul was trying to attack him, trying to kill him. And yet he's putting his full trust in God. He understood what hope is. How about this one? Romans 15, 13. Some of you must hopefully have memorized this by now. I pray that God, the source of hope, will what? Fill you completely with joy and peace because, 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 because. You trust in him. Get that? Well, I only trust in him when things are good. Hmm. God wants you to trust Him when things are not good. That's what trust is all about. Then, then you will overflow with confidence, hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's take a journey on this. Um, I'm going to take you and bring you over to here. This is talking about the gift of hope. A lot of times people see hope as sort of like, well, I hope it happens. Well, I hope things will go right. And it's sort of like a coin, you know, well, heads. Can, let's call it. Okay, let's see what you do. Let's see if you call it. Call it to, hope. I hope something happens. Huh? Anybody want to call it? It's tails. See, the thing is, that's how people use their hope, though. Anybody want to call it? Okay, got heads and tails. Well, one of you is all right. It's tails. See, that's what people do with hope. It's like flipping a coin. They're not sure. They're not sure. But see, that's not what God's hope is. God's hope is so different. God's hope is like gravity constant when God says you can hope I could throw this really high and I was going to do it and then I thought Brian if you don't catch it and it goes into my next illustration it could be a mess so I'm going to be very calm today <laughs> but you see as much as I throw up in air, it's going to come down gravity God is like that you need to trust him even when here it goes you don't understand you need to trust him even when you're not sure You see, what does God's word say? you got to trust him. And when you do, when you do, guarantee you, God's going to show up and show off. It's just a matter of time. That's what God, that's what hope is. Hope is just like gravity. It's a consistent law. When God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. This is the beauty of what God wants to do in you and through you. Someone say amen. Amen. You see, this is the beautiful thing. Listen to what um, we find here in 1 Peter. 1 Peter says this, chapter 1. Praise be to God of our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a what? I feel like you really mean it. Into a what? A living hope, meaning it's alive, just like gravity is. It's very much alive. A living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for, everybody say it, for? For you. Who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. There is a great work taking place, and God's thinking about you. Just say this to yourself: God's thinking about me. And I want you today, I want you to say this: God loves me. So sometimes even the people of God don't understand the depth of how much God loves you. He's really crazy about you. That's why he died for you. That's what love is. So we understand the gift of hope. It's like gravity. It's there. But that God has given us a gift of, what is it? Peace. God has given us peace. That's putting everything at Christ's eternal throne. When you have peace and you have a situation and you say, but God. Someone say, but God. See, that changes. But you have to do this in your heart. You have to do this in your mind. You have to shift from what you're experiencing and what you're feeling in your emotions. And you have to shift to say, what does God say about this? What does God say I ought to do? See the difference? You have to change the way you think in order to put yourself on a different road. If you think the same way, you find yourself on the same road. How many ever find yourself on the same road? Hmm? Have you ever driven down the road? This happens to me quite a bit. You're driving down the road, and you're supposed to go over to, let's say, B. Okay, You're supposed to go over to B, but you go to A destination all the time. And you're on the road, and you're headed. You're on that same road, and you're heading to A, but you're supposed to be going to B destination. But you're so used to going to here, you're forgetting. You get on that road, and you go right to it. How many have ever done that? And all of a sudden, you're driving down the road, and you're like, I'm not going there. Ugh. You turn around, or somebody in the car reminds you. Thank you for those reminders. Oh, that's right, that's where I'm going. <laughs> I get to my destination, it's just normally not on time. Because I have a moment and I'm going to this destination. GPS helps you a lot because you got this little lady on there that says, Detour, turn around, you know. That's an indication that you're going the wrong way. But a lot of people don't have peace. And but God has given us peace. Look what it says here. Luke 2, 13 and 14 tells us this. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels. So, there was one angel giving the good news, and before you know it, there's a bunch of angels, and they started praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men whom His favor rests. You got to get this now. If you got God's favor, what do you have? You got God's peace. Get this now. If you got God's favor, you got God's peace. But the problem, the problem with that, though, we don't always feel like we got God's peace. You see, you first, first, people have to find peace with God. That means if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, maybe you're watching and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, your first peace you have to find is peace with God. That means you have to have your sins forgiven and you need to know he died for you. He stretched out his arms and he died for you. Everybody said? Maybe hey, you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your personal savior. You need to know, you need to make peace with God that He died for you. And when He died for you, He came to forgive you. And He asked you to receive Him as the gift to give you eternal life. But that's sometimes we lose our peace because we focus on something. So I'm a believer in Jesus, but now I have a problem. But the other peace, God says, is you can have peace even when you go through the trials. You can have peace even when you go through the tribulations. You can have that peace, but you've got to go to the one who gave you the peace, the God of peace. Amen? But how do we do that? This is the real question. How do we do that? Well, the Bible tells us in Philippians 4... Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And, and, come and say, and the peace, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guide your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. But we have a problem, don't we? We have a problem because we live in a world today, and this world has ways, and they have the way they think and what they do, and what we do is that we submerge ourselves into this world full of its junk, and we expect that we're still going to have God's peace. But the only thing that comes out of us is the junk of this world. It just oozes out of us. You know, we, sometimes people know Jesus, but they're just as angry as the world. And you can see if you drive on the road, you can see how angry people are in the world, full of angry, they're unforgiving. And so people, because instead of being being resourced with God and his things, we and they don't get in the word. They don't find themselves in, in the church. They don't find stuff in small group. Well, what you take in is what comes out of you. It's simple as this. If you're around a bunch of people and this happened to something someone did the other day it was kind of funny, but. Yeah, and they realized it, but, you know, they hang around with a bunch of people. They're coarse talking. He's a believer. And, but all of a sudden, man, he's just spewing coarse talking. Spewing, just spewing. Just like it was nothing. Then caught himself. And they realized, wow. And I, we talked afterwards. I said, well, if you surround yourself with people who talk like that, it will com- come out of you. Because what? You surround yourself with whatever you surround yourself will come out of you. So if you're playing around with angry people, you're going to get angry. But what if, what if, what if we really take what the Word says. The Word says renewing your mind by the washing of the Word. And we allow and we put ourselves in a good atmosphere with good people. What's going to come out of us? We get the Word of God. What's going to come out of us? We get to apply the Word of God. What's going to come out of us? Because what comes out of us is what we put in. And people don't have peace. They complain about everything. They find fault with everything. With everybody. Why is that? Because they're over here taking in a bunch of junk. And their own thinking. And their own ways. And their own plans. their own purposes. But they're not taking in the things of God. So if you don't put God's thing, You're going to lose your peace. You lose your peace. Not because God hasn't given you a gift. He has given you a gift. You lose your peace. Because you don't take his stuff in. You understand what I'm saying? So. What you put in, is like on a computer. You know the old thing, garbage in, garbage out? Well, good in, good out. So if you surround yourself with the things of God, remind yourself what God's word says, some great things are going to take place in your life. But if you take all the world and the anxiety and the worry and the fear of this world, well, that's just going to come out of you. Because God says, do not fear. God says, do not worry. God says, be joyful in me, in my ways. You see, you can't produce this if you're taking in this. If you're eating junk food, you're not going to be healthy. You may survive. You may live. A Twinkie could stay a long time. But the problem is, it's not going to bring health. And what you want is health. What you want is peace. The peace of God as you put everything at his throne. I don't know about you, but I think of... A hurricane you know if you look at a hurricane or a tropical storm inside the storm is an eye and in that eye is so calm and when the eye comes over you in this massive storm category 5 when the eye comes over you never even know you're in a storm that's what God can do because his eye will cause the eye of the storm, no matter what storm you're facing, if you go to God, you let him lead you. Yeah, you'll feel feel it, but what comes out of you, what's going to come out of you is going to be the things of God because you're putting the things of God in you. Amen? And you'll experience God's peace even in the midst of a storm, just like that eye. You'll be in the eye and you're like, wow, God, you can have peace. You can have peace. I've been through some stuff and had the peace of God. And I can tell you something, I take things, ask my wife, I'm pretty calm about things, even in tough times. But I've faced a couple moments that wasn't so easy for me, that I had to run to God's word, run to God and absorb up what his word says so that I can endure the moment. So prepare for the future. And God did an amazing work. Because I chose this and not this. Peace. Peace of God is a gift. Joy. Jesus, others, and yourself. Look what it says here in verse 10, Luke 2. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Someone say good news. I focus more on this portion of scripture more than any time in my life. I have been thinking about this. If I said three months continually, I can't tell you how much this one verse has re- really revolutionized a lot, of, a lot of my thinking. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for who? All people. Mm. Can I tell you and be really real that I, I hang around with a lot of Christians sometimes and I sometimes I've hang around with non-Christians too. And I, what I mean a non-Christian that's more joyous than a Christian I scratch my head. I scratch my head. Because I believe that the joyous people on this faith of the earth should be the believers of Jesus Christ. Why do I say that? Because we have been gifted with all that we need. But we focus on things that drain us, and we don't focus on the things that fill us. And that's the reason why we find ourselves in problems and our thinking. Your thinking and what you put in makes all the difference what happens in your life. All the difference. So I want you to understand that this is a great joy, great joy that God has given us. Good news of great joy. And when you think about this joy that God's given us, I want you to understand that God has done some beautiful things for us. But one of the things that we need to recognize in this whole process is that we sometimes, you know, you look like this. Okay, so just think of pasture. There it goes. <laughs> so we go around like this. And sometimes we're not feeling this, but this is what we, we look like. And it reminds me of the story of the two houses, one built on rock and one built on sand. If you looked at the houses, they all looked, they all looked good. You couldn't tell the difference between the two different houses. And sometimes people are happy. They're joyful. And happiness is just because, well, here it goes, ready? This is why people are happy. You got your own way. That's it. You wanted something, and you got it, and now you're happy. But the next time you don't get your own way, you're not happy anymore. You're like this. You see, and so what happens is a lot of people who are joyful, and then a storm comes, you know, something good happens. storm comes, and boom! oh my Lord! oh my word, it blows out the joy candle and you're not happy anymore, you're miserable. And you say, man, that's just not right. That is just not right. He took away my joy, he took away my happiness. Problem is, happiness is not what you want. You want to be joyful. You want to be joyful before God. And joyful comes from the inside. Joyful comes from knowing who God says about you. You are loved. Do you believe you're loved? God says he's with you. Do you believe he's with you? God says that you're more than a conqueror. Do you feel like you're more than a conqueror? God says you're the head, not the tail. Do you feel like you're the head or the tail? See, You see, what God says about you, God says you're my child. Do you feel like a child of God? God says that... You are not junk. You are special. You are unique. He says in Psalms 139, 114, verse 14, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you believe that? Or when the last time you looked in the mirror and all you could do is find your faults and your failures and your blemishes. But God wants you and I to truly understand that as you put the Lord in your heart, And you just, it won't pop. It won't pop because of what's in you, the joy of the Lord. It won't, I I keep it there 35 seconds, but I'm not trying that. I did a test and I thought I make you all nervous. Then I'm thinking, but I don't want my illustration to go astray. (laughs) But 35 seconds, I held it over there and it held inside. Why does it hold? It's because what's in you. The joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. You have to realize that God wants you to be strong, but you're only strong according to the joy of the Lord that God gives you. Look what it says here in Psalm 16. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with what? Come on. Oh, this is David's prayer in the midst of trials. You will fill me. With joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Come on. Can someone just shout promise? Oh, you shouted quite well. Can someone shout promise? Promise. My word. God has given you promise. God has given you protection. God has given us help. He says you're never going to be alone. We either believe it or we don't. And I know, I know there's moments that we have moments. And okay. Everybody say it's okay to have a moment. Come on free yourself. You're human. That's okay. But you don't live there. You don't live there. Because if you live there, you stay there. If you stay there, then you're never aware of all the promises of God. And so God gives us this joy, joy full of, full of glory. And that's the beautiful thing about joy. Look, look, look what the Bible tells us. This is, this is where joy is so different than happiness. Listen to James 1. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Anybody like that? Mm. Because you know, here it goes, and that's what's in you, because you know that the testing of your faith developed perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Oh, Lord, I was really good about this joy thing in trials until you said consider it pure joy. <laughs> when you face trials of many kinds, you're going to face trials. But the trial is not the problem. The real problem is how you handle it. It's how you handle it. It's who you run to. you got to run to God. Someone say amen. you got to run to God. you are got to let God help you because God desires to be your help. Well, let's go to the fourth gift that God's given us, the gift of light. This is a powerful one light living in God's holy truth. When you live in God's holy truth, you're going to emanate his light because greater is he that's in you than in the world. Matthew five says this. You are. He didn't say you might be. He said you are the light of the world. Someone say amen. You got to get there. You got to own this. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but candles give off a great light. This one candle cannot be stuffed out by any darkness it will still shine in the darkness of dark darkness cannot put out this one light in the whole universe this light will still shine because light pierces darkness that's what light is that's the characteristic of light it displaces darkness now i don't know about you but when we face our life and it gets dark sometimes we need to understand that god has Called us to be lights. Now, this is a light that we charge, we put it into the electrical socket and it charges a battery. And because it's charged, spotlight on deer, <laughs> it's pretty bright. Don't you think? All you people say, Look, no, he's shining in my eyes. Oh, look at this. I'm going to pick somebody who's going to win a prize. Going to win a prize. Who is going to land on? Going to pick a prize. Ha! Oh, nobody's there. Oh, go right, go right. <laughs> see, this is a light that shines. And God says, you are a light. But, but let me ask you this. Let's try this. Let's try this one here. Let's see how this one is. Hmm? Can you see it? Huh? Can anybody see this light? Yeah. So in God, in God, would you rather be this or would you rather be this? Huh? That's a choice. See, God says you are light, and people say, "Well, I got it on." Just barely. Uh, can this light do you any good? If you had to use a light, if you if you had to use a light and you needed to see something and you had a choice and you go into the draw and you turn on this and you see this barely on, or you see this, or even this, <laughs> or even this. <laughs> I like lights. <laughs> I have a collection, <laughs> right, Tim? He started me. I think he started me actually. So, what would you want to do? Would you use this or would you use this? You use this, wouldn't you? How about if God's looking for a light? What do you think God's going to use? If God wants to use a light, God says, "Oh, here's my servant here. Oh, look at his light. Oh, look at his light. Oh, oh, but this is a servant over here." He has a light, but it's on the side. But that's still good, because, see, then you can just go like this, and you can give light. It does work. I'm not going to go through this, but it's a tripod. You know what I mean? I haven't used it in a while. Here we go. See? We place it down like this, and if we wanted some light, and it needed to be on the side, we could do that. Or maybe we don't want the side. Maybe we want this. And God said, oh, that person. That person's light is on. We're going to use him. Or her. Your light... Is your choice you have to put it on the Bible says you are light you have to go and talk to people you have to go share with people you have to turn on your light and be kind be considerate be hospitable go and do something for God and let your light shine you're in control of your light not God God has already given you the light of God that's in you. Now you need to shine in this new year. May it be a prayer that you shine brighter than ever and not be afraid. And don't, whatever you do, don't let people blow it out because everybody wants to blow out your candle. Everybody wants to blow out your light. So don't let them do it. Amen? John eight twelve. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's a promise. See, we we celebrate this in Christmas, and we talk about this coming into the world, but you understand, this is more than that. It's a gift that God's giving you to walk in. Someone say, walk in. walk in. And you have to choose to walk in these things. Let's... Uh, Take it to the next one. This is the gift of love. Mm, the gift of love. I love the gift of love. Do you love the gift of love? How many love love? Come on. Love. Oh, never mind. <laughs> so here's what I want to do to you. I want to show, show for you a little bit here. I got another illustration here dealing with light. But before I do, let's read the this, this scripture. Ephesians 1. Love is first listening, overlooking, valuing, and encouraging. That's another way of putting it. What is love? Love is when you listen or you're listening to someone, you overlook someone or you're overlooking someone, what they've done, because love covers a multitude of sins, the Bible tells us. We value someone. We're valuing someone because of just they have God's DNA. They're special to God. I'm going to value them because God values them. I'm going to encourage them. Being an encouraging person is a great thing. That's what really Love does. And Ephesians tells us, look at this, verse 7 of chapter 1. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding, and he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. That's love. God's grace God's riches at Christ's expense gave to you this incredible love, love. Well, I don't know about you, but sometimes when we look at love, people don't see God's love like they should. I mean, I don't know about you, but love will transform your mind. Love will transform your heart. Love will just do something to you when you grab hold of the love of God. But a lot of people don't know what love is because they haven't experienced it. They come from a family that doesn't, not very good at loving. And when you ask them what love is, they don't really know what love is because they haven't seen it. And so sometimes people see God's love like this card. And they see the world being so much bigger. And when you look at God's word and God's love, they go, well, that doesn't look like. I don't think God's love is very big. Matter of fact, I don't think God's love is enough to forgive me of my sin that I created, that I've done. I don't think God's love will really forgive me of my sin. And can I just tell you something? That that's not true. Because what does the scripture says? Scripture tells us that if we were to truly know what God says, God said, for God so loved the world. Someone says, for God so loved. Yeah, God so loved the world that he gave himself. Let's just read this scripture and we'll we'll talk about this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. So when you look at it and you say, well, I don't think God's, God's love is big enough to, to forgive me for what I need. I, I just don't see it. I mean, I want to see it, but pastor, you don't know what I've done. You don't know the people I've hurt. You don't know... Um, how I have hurt people, how I've done and even how I've hurt God, you just don't understand it and God's love is just not big enough for me, just not big enough for me, but the problem is they don't understand God's love, not at all they just don't understand it, but if they could just understand that God's love is big, so big that it really can end up oh I forgot to do something <laughs> I knew there was a trick to this <laughs> If God God if you could understand everything that God wanted to do for you and in you you would know that God's quite capable of forgiving you and covering all of your sins why why is that because God's God's love covers a multitude I made a mistake it's my Russian I have never made a mistake God's love can still wrap around. <laughs> Look at this. This is what happens with God's love. He can take any problem, and God so loved the world, he loved you. But sometimes we don't feel that love, and that's what stops people. So as you go into this new, new year, can you just recognize that God has given you this incredible hope. God has given you peace, but the peace is only when you partake of Him. God has given you joy, but you gotta put in His word in you. You gotta put in His ways, His works, His plans, His will. And then you'll do His works and you'll be able to have the, the joy unspeakable and full of glory. God has given Himself so you can be a light, even in the dark world that we live in. Don't complain about the dark world. Light your candle in it, and disperse the darkness. And of course, God's love is for the whole world. He covers the whole world. That's what it's all about. Romans 5, 8 says, For God just demonstrated his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. I love this one, Luke nineteen ten, That God came to seek and save that which was lost. Maybe you're online, maybe you're here today, and you're not, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the most beautiful, beautiful part about the gospel is that God want you to know him intimately. And I want you to remember what what are you going to what are you going to do? Are you going to doze yourself in the world, all of the junk or are you going to allow God's, God's word to clean you and to do a work in you? Are you going to allow God to fill you so that when you go through pressures, you're going to remember what God's word says? You're going to be the best light you can be, meaning that in order to be the best light, you're going to be partaking of his stuff. Amen? And then you're going to be able to talk about that with God, all things are possible. That God can do all things if we just let him rule and reign. Let's close our eyes for a moment. I want you to think about what has been said, what has been seen, what it, your, how your heart has been challenged. You online, as you watch, you see, God has given us hope and peace and joy. He's given us light. He's given us true love. Each one of us here need to experience it and not listen to our own voices that echo in our heads. But you have to grab hold of the, the voice of God that paves a way where there seems to be no way you have to draw into the word and in the presence and participation and get close to God God wants to get close to you but you got to get close to God and right now right now you can make your heart right with God simply by saying father forgive me for I have sinned forgive me for I have gone my own way and this day This day, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. This day, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I ask, Heavenly Father, that you would come into my heart through your Son and that you, God, would reign and I will serve you for all my days because I believe that Jesus died and on the third day he rose again. That is good news of great joy where God brings forgiveness and hope and hope for tomorrow. If you're here today and you raise and you said that prayer in your heart, raise your hand right where you are. Right where you are. Just raise your hand. Say I said that prayer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. God wants you to know Him. God wants you to love Him. But it takes a journey. But if you want to know the, if you want to know the author, you got to read the book. Can you stand to your feet? Father, we are so grateful for who you are. We ask, God, that you would do a work in us and through us. We thank you for all that you have done. And God, to show us, to show us, God, your love, your hope, your peace, your joy, that you would light up our hearts, that we can share the gospel, to care and share. Help us, Lord, to do greater works for your name as this upcoming year. Help us, God, as we push into you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you give God some praise in the house of the Lord?
0: Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in his church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45 Salem, New Jersey 08079 or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org Please join us for service next Sunday at 10.30am or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.